0: Uh, We're now in the seventh week of a sermon series on the book of 1 Thessalonians. Paul, an amazing follower of Jesus, started this church in the Greco-Roman city of Thessalonica a few decades after the death and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. But soon after he started this church, he was persecuted. He was driven away from Thessalonica just as he was driven away from so many other cities and towns because people rejected the love and the message of Christ Jesus. But Paul loved the church at Thessalonica. He was concerned for them. And he wrote two letters of encouragement and instruction after he was driven away from the city of Thessalonica. We're gonna be looking at the first chapter of the, we're gonna look at the third chapter, sorry, the third chapter of the first book of Thessalonians today. Uh, before I request Joshua to read the chapter out for us, before I do that, uh, I want to just bring us onto the story. I want to just give us a very vivid and graphic um, a sense of, uh, of where exactly we are in the story. Allow me to just uh, uh, bring up a photo which will kind of help us really visualize what's happening and kind of come, uh, get, get, get the big picture. That's what I'm going to try and do now. Our story starts off in Troas. And Paul, who was in his uh, second missionary journey, he was in Troas in, in, in his second missionary journey. And uh, as he was journeying, one night he had a vision of a man from Macedonia uh, coming and pleading with him to come to Macedonia and, and preach the gospel there as well. And he uh, uh, preach the gospel there as well. And Paul saw that vision and he, he felt this was God leading him, and he went into Macedonia. So Macedonia is, is, is this part. And so from Troas, Paul went to Philippi. In Philippi, he preached about Jesus. And a lot of people put their faith, and they began to believe in Christ Jesus. But Paul sadly was persecuted, even in Philippi. We see all this unfolding in Acts chapter 16 and 17. And at Philippi, Paul was beaten with rods. And after having been brutally beaten, he was thrown into prison. And uh, once he was set free from the prison, the believers in Philippi sent sent Paul off to Thessalonica for his own safety. At Thessalonica, that's the book we are looking at, Paul again preached the good news about Jesus. And as he preached the good news about Jesus, there was again resistance. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse 5, that there was a mob which came. And this mob caused a riot in the city. And Paul once again had to flee from Thessalonica and he went into the city of Berea. And again at Berea, Paul preach the good news of the death and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. How oh, when we put our faith in Jesus, we have eternal life in him. But the people who kind of, the mob in Thessalonica uh, was, didn't, didn't let Paul be. They followed him from Thessalonica to Berea and kind of created an uproar in Berea as well. So much so that Paul had to flee from Berea all the way to Athens. Again, we read all of this in Acts chapter 16 and Acts chapter 17. When Paul came to Athens, he was really concerned for the new believers, people who had put their faith in Jesus at Thessalonica. And then he sent Timothy, uh, because he was so concerned, he sent Timothy to go from Athens to Thessalonica to go and see how the believers were doing, to encourage them, to help them in any way needed and after he sent Timothy, he moved to Corinth and he preached the good news of Jesus again at Corinth. Now Timothy, who had gone to Thessalonica, went, spent some time and saw that the believers in Thessalonica were doing well, they were growing in their faith, they were growing their service of one another, and he comes back to Paul and he gives Paul the good report. And it is after hearing the good report, a good report from Timothy that Paul writes this letter, of encouragement and instruction to the church in Thessalonica. So that's the backdrop. And this chapter that I'm going to read, that Joshua's going to read for us today, is is part of the letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians when he was at Corinth. And uh, this will give you a sense of what Paul is going through, what the church in Thessalonica is going through. And uh, I'm going to uh, share that portion and invite uh, Joshua to read the third chapter of uh, Thessalonians for us. Allow me to uh, allow me a minute and it will come up for us on screen in just a minute. Over to you Joshua.
1: 1, th- one Thessalonians chapter 3 Therefore when we could it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at 8 alone, and we sent Timothy our brother and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly, and long to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Amen.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Joshua, for reading that uh, chapter out for us. Paul was constantly persecuted, but Paul also always loved people deeply and tenderly despite all his troubles. We, the words we read right at the beginning, we saw Paul receive the punishment of 39 lashes, five times for preaching Jesus. He was beaten with rods three times. He was stoned, all of this for preaching Jesus. He was shipwrecked three times on various journeys to preach about Jesus. Despite all these hardships, he endured well. So based on all this, I have a simple question. Was Paul strong inside? I guess we'll all agree he was really, really solid inside. Next question I had: is was Paul soft inside. By soft inside, I mean, was he tender in the way he loved people? And the answer is absolutely yes. If you remember uh, from a couple of weeks ago on a sermon titled Fathers and Mothers uh, from the second chapter in Thessalonians, we saw we saw that uh, Paul uh, loved the Thessalonians like a mother nursing a child, uh, like, a, uh, like a mother nurses an uh, infant. So Paul was both strong inside, and he was also tender inside. The question I'd like to wrestle with this morning is, can we be both strong inside, hardened by the troubles and the hardships that we face, facing them with, with toughness and strength in our heart, But at the same time, also love people tenderly. The world tells us that we cannot be both strong inside and soft inside. You know, I'm sure at the workplaces, we're all soft and kind and caring. Uh, People think that we we, we are not strong inside. And I'm sure you can uh, relate to that. But Paul, he was both strong inside and soft inside. How can all of us? How can we also be strong inside and soft inside? And that's what I'm going to trying uh, to, try to I'm going to try and draw for us from this uh, from this chapter. Joshua's already read the chapter out for us. I want to just focus on on the last paragraph, prayer that Paul prays for the church in Thessalonians. Let me read that for us. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So Paul is praying that God would establish the hearts of the Thessalonians in holiness. And it is from this phrase uh, established that I'm getting this idea of being strong inside. The word established, quite truthfully means to be made strong. And I'm simply using the phrase strong inside as a simpler phrase to communicate this idea of our hearts being established in Christ Jesus. I want to draw two, two things for us from this passage. First, why Paul is keen that our hearts are established in Christ. And second, how How can we have our hearts established in Christ? And how can we become strong inside? Let's start with the first. Why is Paul so keen that our hearts be established in Christ? This idea of being strong inside is there all through this chapter. Now let me just walk us through this chapter and help us see it. Look at verse 2. I'll just read these verses out. Look at verse 2. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, uh, in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith. So Paul sends Timothy to establish to help the Thessalonians grow in their strength inside. Or look at verse 10. We pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Paul is keen to see the hearts of the Thessalonians established in faith. He's keen to go and supply what's lacking in their faith. And of course, verses 12 and 13, the prayer that we read, where Paul is praying that the Thessalonians be established. Being established, being strong inside, is such an important aspect of waiting well till Christ comes again. And the theme of this entire series, the theme of this book of 1 Thessalonians, is how do we wait well till Christ comes back? And uh, receives all of us and makes this world beautiful and perfect once again. And But in this season in our lives, I guess we're all really tired of waiting. I guess uh, in the lockdown, I think this is day 131 of the lockdown. We're all tired. We're all getting more than a little impatient. Sure, a lot of things are opening up. But there are still so many things that we are just not able to do. Going to work, for example, is a good good example. We're just not able to go away from home. Uh, You know, working out of home, Zoom calls are great. And, uh, you know, it says that we can kind of help us stay connected and all of that. But the reality is uh, Zoom calls can can really lead to fatigue. And I guess some of us are wondering, uh, some of us are wondering, that hey, why am I feeling so fatigued? Uh, even though I'm not as productive as I used right, as productive as I used to be uh, before the lockdown. And so all of us are pretty impatient to for life to return to 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 normal. And I guess we are all impatient. We are all uh, frustrated. Uh, we are frustrated because we have no idea when our workday is beginning and when our workday is ending being strong inside at a time like this is such an important aspect of waiting well. If you're not strong inside during situations of crisis like this, I guess we will all just fall apart. This time has also brought uh, brought a lot of fears into our hearts. We are afraid. We are afraid for our health. We are afraid for our children's health, for our parents' health. We're afraid of our future. We're afraid of our finances. We're afraid of our our careers. And and that's one more reason we all need to be strong inside, strong inside in Christ Jesus. And again, Paul talks about all this. Uh, What we're going through was quite relevant when Paul was writing this letter. Let me read verse 3 out for us. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, verses 2 and 3, that... uh, in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith so that no one will be moved by these afflictions. We need to be strong inside so that we're not moved by the trials outside, by the afflictions outside. And Paul also gives a second reason we need to be strong inside in this letter, to overcome temptation. Look at verse 5. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter have, has come. Sorry, I lost. Just a minute. Hang on. Sorry, my uh, my notes in the other iPad. The other iPad is kind of acting up. There it is. For fear that somehow the tempter has tempted you and my labor would be in vain. And Paul is warning the Thessalonians that trials can also lead to temptations. These trials that we're going through do leave us vulnerable to temptations. I think we may be able to relate to this. Uh, Imagine that you've had a really hard day at work. Uh, You're tired, tired, You're frustrated, and there's perhaps a little bit of fear about our future, about our career also, and all of this, uh, it's 9 p.m. or maybe 10 p.m. or maybe 11 p.m. It's pretty late, and you've just finished your work for the day. day. Now, I guess this is a trial. It's a real trial, and I guess many of us can kind of relate to that trial. What is the temptation that we face uh, when we go through a trial like this and trying to just flesh it out very practically for us. At a time like this, one of the temptations that we are likely to face is the temptation of confusing between rest and recreation. After a really hard day's work, our bodies need rest. Uh, Our minds need rest. Our souls need rest. But we, most of the time, quite often say no to rest and we turn Instead, we learn to distinguish. We learn to make the distinction between rest and recreation. We fail to make the distinction between rest and recreation. We end up binge-watching Netflix or movies or just numbly kind of scrolling through Instagram before we realize it's 3 a.m. in the morning or 4 a.m. in the morning. We don't get enough sleep and uh, you still have to go to work, shop for work the next day and you wake up even more fatigued and you end up feeling tired at the end of the day and the cycle goes on and on.
1: I just want to help us see
0: how a trial leads to a temptation. How a trial uh, makes us vulnerable to give into temptation. Hey, hey Netflix is not bad. Don't, don't get me wrong. Watching a movie and Instagram is not bad at all. Uh, but on an average, if you're kind of spending really binge watching and staying up to 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning uh, watching Netflix three to four times a week, then I think we are giving into temptation. We're not being strong uh, inside. Here's another example of how a trial can lead to a temptation. Work is we all know can be hard sometimes. And sometimes it can seem like a trial by fire. And so, what's the temptation in a trial like this? Quite often, in a trial like this, we tend to slip into more and more self-reliance. As we are struggling through this trial, we do tend to shut Christ out of the equation. We dig our own trenches, and we choose to fight the battle in our own strength. And as we fight this battle, as we just sucked into the battle, forgetting Christ, we do tend to become indifferent to God. And as we go into this pattern, before we realize it, We are allowing the world to disciple us instead of Christ. We are not really living like followers of Jesus. On the other hand, we realize that we are very much in the thick of of the rat race out there in the corporate world. Trials can lead to temptations. And we need to be strong in sight. We need to have our hearts established in Christ Jesus so that we can overcome both trials and temptation. And lastly, there's another way that trials leads to temptations. When we are working in our own strength and when we are fatigued and worn out uh, during uh, such uh, seasons of, of labor, in these moments, we are also quite vulnerable to some of the ugly comfort sins like gluttony or perhaps pornography when we wear ourselves out, when we are fatigued, we make ourselves also vulnerable to these comfort sins. And these temptations are very real. That's not prudent. uh We are kind of immune to, to these temptations. And the, the second thing that I wanted to draw for us from this passage, how do we establish our hearts in Christ? How can we become strong inside? That's what we're going to be looking at and here is a really really interesting answer to the question that paul is giving us in this passage paul is showing us that the way to be strong inside is to be soft inside paul is showing us that the way to become strong inside is to become soft inside. Remember this perception, the whole perception that if we are strong inside, we cannot be soft inside that we were talking about. Paul is demolishing this misconception. And in this passage, he's showing us that the way to be strong inside is to be soft inside. I'm going to explain that for us uh, right now. Look at verses 12 and 13 prayer that Paul is praying. Paul says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another so that he may establish your hearts blameless in Christ, in God the Father. Let me read that again. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another so that he may establish your hearts in holiness. May he make you increase in your love so that Paul is helping us see that the result of increasing in our love for one another, the result of increasing in our love for one another is being established, is becoming strong inside. Paul is praying, Lord, increase their love for one another so that their hearts may be established. In Christ Jesus. Paul is praying, Lord, increase their love for one another so that they may become strong inside. In other words, we become strong inside as we grow in our love for others. So I'm going to unpack this some more, but one more question needs to be dealt with. So how do we become strong inside? as we become soft and tender inside. How do we become stronger when we love others? How do we become stronger inside when we become soft and tender towards others on the inside? It's a simple answer really and the answer begins with Christ Jesus. Allow me to turn to John chapter 13 verse 1. John is a book from the New Testament. We've all been reading it together as a church. Allow me to read John chapter 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Whenever the book of John talks about the hour, We saw that last week. The hour in the book of John always refers to the hour on which Jesus was crucified. So the question is, how did Jesus find the strength to endure the hour of his crucifixion? The answer lies in the second part of the words that I just read out. Having loved his own, he loved them till the end. He loved them till the end. It was his love for us to the very end that gave Jesus the strength to endure the cross. His love for us gave Jesus the strength to die for us. We see this even in the Father. It was the Father's love for us that gave the Father the strength of heart to lay his son, to give his son as a sacrifice for us. That's what John 3.16 says. But God so loved the world that he gave. It was this love which enabled to be strong and lay down his son as a sacrifice to atone for, his, for, for our sins. It is in his loving commitment to the Father to redeem us from our sins that gave Jesus the strength to go to the cross. As we look at Jesus and as we are inspired and empowered by Jesus to love others, as we find this, as Jesus inspires us and empowers us to love others, we find, we will find that the center of gravity of our lives will slowly shift from only loving ourselves to also loving others in Christ. And through this, Jesus empowers us not to care only for ourselves too much. With this, we find that as we love each other, as we love one another, we find that our fears for ourselves also flies away and we become stronger inside. When we love and serve others in a deep and strange way, we're no longer afraid for our own trials. This happens in a beautiful way. This is how the gospel works. God died to save men. That's the gospel. Bible says, whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will find it. When we love and serve others in a deep and strange way we are no longer afraid of our own troubles, of our own trials. Because when we start loving others truly as Jesus loved us, our hearts are now set on pleasing Christ and serving others. And even temptation loses its power over us. Because what is temptation? Temptation basically is, is, uh, is anyway all about excessive self-indulgence. But as we take our eyes away from ourselves and as we start loving others, the temptation of these selfish indulgences also lose their power over us. Temptations lose their power over us as we love and serve others. You see, Jesus frees us from the burden of ourselves. Only this freedom that only Jesus can give, only this freedom that only Jesus can give can make us strong on the inside and also soft on the inside. It is only when Jesus from the burden of ourselves that we learn to be strong inside and end your hardship well and be tender and soft inside and love others well just as Christ Jesus loved us well. Let me close us in prayer. Father, we thank you that your death on the cross and your resurrection your Holy Spirit, whom you have freely given us, um, these are enough for to give us the grace to endure well, and to and to give us the grace to love and serve well. So we thank you, and we pray that as we consider what Jesus has done for us, we will be inspired to love others, to become strong inside by becoming soft inside. To grow, be established, as Paul prayed for the Thessalonians, that we might grow, we might increase, and abound in our love for one another, so that we may be established in holiness when Christ comes back. Thank you, Father. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.